Um, we're continuing our, our uh, series on Holy Spirit. Um, man, I'm really excited about this, especially for all the ladies in here. This is uh, <laughs> all the single ladies. This is all the, uh, <laughs> all the single and married ladies. But this, this is something that, that I think the Lord is really speaking to us as a, as a congregation. It's really Holy Spirit speaking to me um, through these scriptures. Um, how many of you know that, that Jesus was the greatest woman's liberator there ever was? He was. I know there's a lot of feminists, and that's great, good for them. But Jesus did much more <laughs> for women than, than anybody ever has in the United States, I'm sure. Um, what I wanted to tell you last week, I'm going to try to tell you this week. Holy Spirit led me in a completely, not completely different direction, but took me more of a testimony than what I wanted to tell you. So I want to tell you what I wanted to tell you last week, this week. Um, if you were here last week, it was about my job. And if you weren't, just hopefully you can catch up. Um, a lot happened, and I'm not going to go through all the whole thing. But basically where I work now is I work for a distributor. We don't make anything. We don't produce anything. We distribute things that other people make. Does that make sense? I sell paint equipment. I sell, I sell paint and paint accessories. No, I sell paint, <laughs> I sell paint uh, equipment, not just not, not paint anymore like I used to sell, but I sell paint equipment. But we don't, we don't make anything. We have several people that we basically buy from, mark up, and sell. It's a pretty simple thing. But we have knowledge of the things that we sell. I told you a little bit last week of what I want to tell you this week, which is, we sold to a specific company that needed to save on waste. And they said, if you bring us this equipment and it saves us 40% of paint thinners and waste, we'll buy it. And it was very expensive equipment. We said, okay, we can do it. They said, there's no way. Our engineers have looked at it. You won't be able to save us 40%. Well, here you go. Here's the equipment. You can test it, see if it works. We saved them 75% waste. It was massive savings on waste. They bought one, one unit that day and then two more within the next few months. Now, the thing about that is, I told you all last week, I'm not what I would consider a traditional salesman. I don't think that I, have, I fit that personality necessarily because I always thought salesmen were slimy and I didn't want to be one. But at the same time, when I went into sales, I knew a couple Christian salesmen that weren't that way. I was in service. You guys know I like to work on things and I like to help and serve and do that kind of thing mechanically. So I didn't think I'd fit very well in that. So as I went into this sales position with another company, everything was well. I doubled my territory in like two years not because I'm a really good salesman, but just because it, the Lord blessed me in that way, and, and my way of doing it was a little different than traditional. Anyway, but as that business began to change, it, it changed and wanted me to be more of the pushy, pushy, pushy salesman that I'm not, and not care for the customer and not take care of things like I wanted to do. Y'all know from last week, the Lord had all that worked out for me before I ever knew it, um, and then all of a sudden, this opportunity that I couldn't have imagined because I've never done anything else. I've never done any any other type of work. 18 years I spent at this one company, and then all of a sudden this, the Holy Spirit dropped this in my lap and this new position was opened up. Not only was that new position opened up, this new position didn't require me to be a pushy, pushy, slimy salesman because the equipment sells itself. Everything we do, we're on the, if you want, cutting edge. We're, on the, we're, we're the future of equipment. When we come in, we come in with the new stuff, the stuff that's going to help people, the stuff that's going to help them do their, better, do their jobs better, these things are easy. They're, they're not hard sales. Does that make sense? So as, as distributors, we don't manufacture anything. We take something that basically sells itself, and we show customers because we have knowledge of it. Does that make sense? Now, I, I want, what I wanted to show you more in detail last week that I'm going to fly through this week because I want to get to something else was that, and all analogies break down, but this to me reminds me of our, our Christian life, our walk with Christ, because we are what? An R&D church, receive and distribute. We don't name it and claim it as though we have any kind of power in our in our. It's because of how much we believe. That's the whole mustard seed thing. It's quality, not quantity. We receive what God has for us, and we distribute it. Fortunately, we get to benefit from that. 
but also we receive and distribute it. And, and in the same way, we receive equipment and we distribute it through my company. Does that make sense? Bless us so that we may be a blessing to others. Yes, what Bill said. And so, <laughs> what would Bill say? All right, so... Um, so all that to say, as we go through this, this is, this is the Holy Spirit in us. This is what we've talked about walking with. This isn't a, a new way of thinking, a new theology, a new anything like that. This is genuine relationship with the Holy Spirit that lives within you. If you've been born again, you're a new creation, period. Our minds are being renewed. We know that. But, but we know we're not, we're not, be careful of lies what you see, be careful of ears what you hear, because of what's going to get in. We need to be thinking about what's in coming out. The Bible talks about our renewing of our mind. It's not renewed by all of this. It's renewed by the Holy Spirit that's in us. So we need to let some of that out. <laughs> uh, anyway, so th- this is who we are and this is what we do. Now, I've probably preached 10 different times for the same story, but it's so good, I found something else in it. Um, but it's about the woman at the well. Now, what's interesting about this woman <laughs> is she was the first evangelist of the New Testament. A woman. That's a big deal, especially in the culture that they were in. Now listen to this. This is uh, John 4.10. It says, if you knew uh, the gift of God, let me see if I can find it here. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now let's, let's back up a little bit. You guys know the story and I'll run through it without going through all the scriptures because most of you know it. Basically, um, Jesus and disciples are walking to a place. Normally the Jews go way around this place because they're full of Samarians and they don't like Samarians. Samarians. Samaritans. And uh, they don't like them. They consider them a half-breed. Um, they, they feel like they're less than. They don't like each other at all. But Jesus doesn't do that. He goes right through the middle of that town, and he finds a woman at a well. Not only a Samaritan, but a woman at a well. Now, as he's talking to her, he comes up. And, and how many of you know that Jesus wasn't thirsty? <laughs> he wasn't looking for water, okay? And this is the first thirsty woman. I know I've made that joke before. She was legitimately thirsty in many different ways. So he, get, he gets to this place, and he goes, he goes okay, he's not looking for uh, water, but he goes to a well. They finds a woman there, a Samaritan woman, and they begin talking. And he's like, hey, give me a drink. She's like, what, what, what do you mean, give me a drink? The well's deep. And, and he says, well, if you, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for living water. She says, the well's deep. You don't have a bucket. How are you going to give me water? And they go back and forth about it. And then he calls her out, and he goes, okay, go get your husband. And she goes, I don't have a husband. He's like, you're right. You've had five husbands. <laughs> and the sixth one you're living with is not your husband. And, uh, and she goes, I'm beginning to think that you're a prophet. <laughs> and he goes, bingo. And so then she gets uncomfortable about what's going on, and she diverts. She starts talking about mountains and worshiping and this and that. And he's like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Come back to me here. I'm in front of you. I who speak to you are the guy you're talking about, worshiping and all this stuff. That's me. That, that's, who, that's who I am. And so he brings her back. And what's interesting about this numerically, and I don't get into tons of studies because it's too complicated. I'm not smart enough. But I do know that five represents grace. Six is incompletion or basically sin or man's sin. And seven is completion, perfection, and God, or basically God. What's interesting here is five is grace. She's had five husbands, so there's grace there. Six, the one she's with, is not going to fulfill her. Seventh, which is Christ, is the fulfillment. I think that's cool, and I just want to throw that in there. Also, yeah, it's really good. And also, uh, David and Goliath, prophetically, the, the stones, I'm getting off topic here, but it's really good. The stones, I'm sorry, the five stones that, that uh, David pulled up smooth from the, from the river, five stones represent grace, and we're going to get into grace's power, and the river represents the Holy Spirit. He pulled that, did, did, and talking about grace from power, I know I'm rambling, uh, grace being power, how come all the other people were scared? They were in their own strength, right? But he pulled the power, which is grace from the Holy Spirit, and defeated. That's why he wasn't scared. It wasn't him. David wasn't powerful in his own strength. Why was he powerful? Because he leaned on the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. Sorry. All right. 
this little nugget. Uh, John, <laughs> so John 4.10, if you only knew the gift of God, if you only knew the gift of God, he's telling this woman, if you knew the gift that God has for you, he's trying to show her. She's saying, I know one day, and that's what we, we don't we do that. Well, one day we're going to get to heaven. One day we're going to do these things. One day God's going to come back and save us from this wretched place and all this stuff. No, he's saying right now, right in front of you, I'm here. This is what we're talking about. And I have a gift for you. If you've seen some of my posts, I've got tons of them, and I'm just throwing them out there of conversations with the Holy Spirit of the gifts that he gives us. Jesus didn't need to drink of water. He needed an evangelist. Look at who he picks. A woman that had been married five times. He's looking for people that can't do it on their own, people that fully rely on him for strength. Uh, he uses the, the foolish to confound the wise, right? He uses the weak to, to, to demonstrate his strength. What does that make us? What does that make you? A candidate, basically. I'm overqualified. <laughs> he, uses, he uses people that aren't... They, look at the disciples. He, he, they weren't world changers in their own strength at all. I mean, look at, look at his track record here. He finds people that need something, that need someone, right? And this is, who, this is who he uses. And not only that, he finds a woman who at this time in this culture was not much more than property. They wouldn't let him speak. They couldn't come into a congregation. They couldn't, they, they, they couldn't uh, lead at all for any reason. Um, we'll jump down to John four twenty five. You guys know most of the rest of the story, so I just want to get to this. Uh, the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. He says, I am he, the one speaking to you. Basically saying, I'm right in front of you. Just then his disciples arrived, and they were amazed he was talking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Because they were scaredy cats. <laughs> I can imagine that they probably knew that there was something going on, and they, they, they had seen him already doing some very strange things. So they're probably very confused. And I think, I think the reason they put that in there, too, is because, uh, because that emphasizes the same thing uh, in, in that culture is that they didn't understand why he's talking to a woman, especially a Samaritan woman. They didn't get it. They were looking at, at the natural. Verse 28, Then the woman left her water jar. She was going to get water, right? She left her water jar, <laughs> went into town and told who? Told the men. <laughs> Whoa. Come see a man who told me everything I, I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the, they left the town and made their way to him. This woman, who in that time was considered not to be any kind of leader, or any kind of, of evangelist for sure, God reaches out to her through Christ and tells her, you've got a gift. Right, right in her face, she tries to, uh, e even in the midst of all of her struggles and all of her mistakes, he shows her that she has a gift. And she takes this gift and she goes and evangelizes the whole community. Jesus cons consistently breaks down cultural barriers, all these different things that we think are so important in the natural. And he shows us how powerful he can, he can, how powerful his gift is through us. If you knew the gift on your life, you wouldn't fear talking to anyone. I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> if you knew the gift that God had in your life, you wouldn't be afraid to go do some of these outreaches that we're talking about. God has a gift for your life, specifically for you, that no one else has quite like you do. And we make excuses, all of us, male and female, we make excuses about, well, I've done this or I've done that and, and I'm not good enough. 
And he goes, okay, yeah, I know. I'm kind of a prophet. (laughs) I know the things that you've done, but I'm looking past that and I have a gift for you and I have something for you. She didn't know who he was yet, so she didn't know who she was yet. She didn't fully understand who he was, and so he had to show her and explain to her who he was so that she could understand who she really was. Now, we've talked about this in here. The truth about you is what God says about you, right? We don't fully understand who we are. He says in Scripture, he's even above our own conscience. We can condemn ourselves sometimes, and we try to put that above what, what, what he's telling us. Listen, our, our limited perspective, and this is, I thought about this a couple days ago, and I was, I was driving and praying, and uh, it was a conversation I think me and Vic had uh, about people overseas and different things, and, and we, we all see things from different perspectives, and I've always uh, felt like I could relate with, with people that grew up in, in a poor home, and we didn't have any money, and we'd sleep on the floor sometimes, or the power would get turned off, or, or we had these struggles, and even the girls, they were, they were whining about something in the back seat they were crammed in the back seat and I was telling them you have no idea we rode in a car and literally the windows were broken so it would rain in there and it stunk and then I'd have to blow in a cup of ice or a slushy to I, w- I would literally blow in it so it would blow back in my face that was air conditioning and I remember I remember really uh relating to a lot of the the rap music they listened to back then because it identified with the struggle none of it gave me a solution by the way but it all identified with my struggle so I could relate to it but here's what's interesting about that it's a perspective thing I was really pretty rich, to be honest. I had a car. I had a roof over my head. I had a bed. I had a place to live that they could cut the power off. Right? All of this is a perspective thing. We always want to, we always want to look at everything like we're the only ones that experience it. But here's the interesting thing about that. We see miracles and we see these things happen overseas and we go, okay, well, that's because that community's poor. Well, there's no... I'm getting off subject again, but I'll go wherever the Holy Spirit leads me to go. There's just as much persecution in the United States than there is in other places. And it's not just taking Christ out of Christmas, I'm sorry. It is um, distraction, apathy, all these different things that, that we've got that will pull us away from, from fulfilling our purpose in Christ. They're just as powerful as hunger and those needs. These are all physical things that we deal with. We can say some are worse than others, and they may seem that way from our perspective. But in the same way, sin... And, and, and the enemy, is all he's trying to do is render you ineffective. That's it. He doesn't need to kill you. Amen. If, if he kills us, we get to go to heaven. Big deal. But if he renders you ineffective, he's, he's done something. Amen. That's why we're pushing, and we're going to continue to push into, into January and the new year to do more outreaches, to get out there and do more. Because grace is the thing that gives us the power to go out there. It's the wind at our backs that gives us the ability to even do it because we can't do it in our own strength. Look back at David, the, the random thing I just talked about. With the five stones. He couldn't do it. He was, why was he so bold? Because of the grace that God gave him from the Holy Spirit. That's prophetic even for us. Uh, okay. Only when you know who he is, we figure out who you are. And he'll say, if you knew the gift, the gift of God living inside of you, you wouldn't back off of anything. Jesus empowers others with truth. He didn't have to lift himself up. You know what confidence does? Confidence doesn't make you go around saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. Confidence makes you, helps you go around, and the confidence in the Holy Spirit, the grace, helps you go around and, and lift up other people and build up other people where you can be a blessing to other people. Religion is the other way around. Religion says, look what I can do, look what I can do, look what I can do. I'm good. And religion sets you up and makes you look really good for a little while, and it builds you up in what? Pride, and then you fall. 
I'm not prophetic, and I know that. (laughs) What was Jesus doing at the well? He was helping her discover her gift. That was his purpose. That's why he went there. He needed an evangelist. Did he say, oh, you're a woman. You're disqualified. Oh, you're a Samaritan. You can't be an evangelist. No. He said, you've got something inside of you. I I can show you who you are. I can show you who you really are, and you can make a difference. We don't know the power that we possess because religion has taught us to do it in our own strength instead of of relying on his grace to, to empower us. I'm sorry I keep drinking water. My throat's really dry. Just like I said, the results of, of uh, following a religious system is pride, and then not long after that will be a fall. And I don't tell you that to, to, to be upset with people or to even be upset with yourself, but it's to show you that you don't, you don't fall into that deception, that you can do it on your own because you can't. Here's the thing that, 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 I, that I grew up hearing, and then even after I went to church for a little while, would, would think about God being this cosmic killjoy that doesn't want us to have fun. And he's up there basically like with a thumbs up and thumbs down. (laughs) Like, that was good, not so much. That was good. Eh. But he's not far away. He sent his Holy Spirit to us, which gives us power. This is the the whole metanoia, the whole uh, change the way you think, the repentance thing. It's not just stop sinning. Repentance is change the way you see everything because God's not far away giving you a thumbs up and thumbs down. He sent his son to come die for you went away, sent a Holy Spirit that could stay with you always so that now he's with you. The religious culture in Jesus' day said women could not be called or used of God. Women uh, surely couldn't go and, and speak to men. <laughs> I mean, that's radical thinking. Uh, even in some cultures today, that's radical thinking. And I want to tell you, specifically for the, for the women, and I'm not saying that there's plenty I can talk about guys being leaders and we need more men leaders, I, I promise you. But what I want to talk about today, thank you. <laughs> Have I drank the whole thing? Thank you. I'm so blessed. It's a drink offering. Um, man, my mind just went a completely different direction, but I don't want to get off track. Um, What I want to speak specifically to women today is you, you may be thinking that you can't be a leader or you, you may be thinking, not even a leader, we're all leaders in some, in some, some way, uh, women and men, kids, children, everybody. But specifically for women, I believe they're, let's see how I can put this, there sometimes is an underlying uh, thought that says that you can't lead or that you can't uh, minister to people. Because you're a woman for some reason. And am, am I wrong in saying that? Has anyone ever felt that? And I'm not trying to oppress anyone by any means. But I think that even sometimes, even in our culture, we can feel that way. We can think that, that women are less than for some reason. And what, the reason I'm saying that is we've got some powerful women in here that may be a little bit timid. And I can tell you right now, <laughs> Tracy used to be pretty timid, and she's not timid. She's a prayer warrior. Um. And she may even consider herself sometimes to be, but she's not. And it's my job as a husband to, to lift her up and to build her up. Amen. And church, it's your job to do the same thing for your wives and, and young ladies in your lives is to build them up. And if, if, if my daughters 
ever submit to a man. It's not out of weakness, but it's out of strength. And I want them to. I want them to. But it's out of strength. It's out of their confidence in who they are in Christ. And I pray it's a good man or he's going to be in trouble. <laughs> I can promise you that. <laughs> if, it's not, if, it's not me, if it's not me, it'll be one of you, I'm sure. That doesn't let that happen. Sorry. Make be clear there. Anyway, I want, <laughs> I, want um, I think it's important that I, that I tell you that as, as your pastor. I think it's important that I tell the, the women in this room and the young women in this room especially that you have a gift that God has given you. You have a gift that God has given you, and, and it's a powerful gift, and it's, it's no less than anybody else's gift. He sees past any ideas and any, any doubts that we have, any fears that you have, any anxiety that you have. He casts all that out. This is important that you know because I don't want and I don't, I'm trying to see how I can work this. I try not to get myself in trouble too much, but whatever. I don't, I don't want any women in here to be deceived in thinking that you're less than anyone else. It can't be any clearer than that. Because the enemy can do that. He can lie to you and he can trick you. His, his, it's, that's, his, that's his go-to, is to deceive. That's why we have the renewing of our mind from the Holy Spirit. Now, we can, we can see things, and we can hear things, and we can be tricked in thinking that we're not who he says we are. But remember where your reference is. Remember where your gift is found. It's in the Holy Spirit. And listen to me. Ask him. Say it out loud if you have to. Holy Spirit, who are you saying that I am? Holy Spirit, where do I need to go? What do you want me to do? And I promise you he'll speak to you, whether it's audibly or through one of someone else in here. I've been asking, you know, how, why is church important? Why is it important for us to gather in, in a church setting? And I do believe it is important. Can you be a Christian outside of church? Sure, this is just a building. But you, I think you'd be lacking many benefits if you did. There are lots of awesome people in here that can do many great things for you and that love you and that want to help you. I think it would be at your detriment to not be involved in it, whether it's ours or another church. I think, I think it would not be wise to not be a part of somebody um, of believers that can help you and build you up. Another, another side note. All right. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is where I am here. Uh, Numbers 11, 14. We're just going to run two real quick. This is old Pastor Moses. <laughs> this is kind of funny. I'm talking about being thirsty. I'm up here just drinking this stuff down. This is Pastor Moses. <laughs> Numbers eleven fourteen says, I can't carry all these people by myself. They're too much for me. He's talking to God. If you're going to treat me like this, please kill me now. <laughs> as, as a pastor, I can tell you, it doesn't happen often because you guys are awesome, but I'm telling you. But if you're going to treat me like this, God, kill, just kill me right now. If you are pleased with me, don't let me see my misery anymore. <laughs> no, this, is, this kills me. He's basically saying, I'm not strong enough, right? I can't do this on my own. If you love me at all, just kill me now. I can't carry all these people's burdens. It's too much. And listen to what God does in verse 16. And the Lord answered Moses, Bring me 70 men from Israel, known to you as elders and officers of the people. Take them to the tent of meeting and have them stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak with you there. I will take, will take some of them 
bah, where am I? I'm going to take some of them. I will take some of the Spirit who is on you and put the Spirit on them. They will help you bear the burden of the people so that you do not have to bear it by yourself. By yourself. He's basically saying, don't let, me, don't let me look at all my inadequacies. Don't let me look at all my issues. Just kill me now. <laughs> well, God says, I didn't leave you by yourself. You've got people around you that will help you. You guys know when, we, when Tracy and I uh, began as senior pastors here, I called all of you up front, first service we had, and I said, I'm not doing this on my own. <laughs> if, this is, if we're going to move forward with this, I'm all in. But this is going to be a, a group effort here. This is going to be all of us. And so this is encouraging when I see this because there are times when I get overwhelmed. And I know none of you, you guys, I'm sure I pastor probably the greatest church in Mobile because you don't put a lot of burdens on me by any means. But at the same time, I hurt for you whether I want to or not. And, and, I, and I know you all well enough to know some of the struggles you've either been through or that you're currently going through. And it hurts and it, it does sometimes, sometimes affect me. And Tracy and, and, and our in our home. And this comforts me in knowing that we don't have to bear that burden on our own. That 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 there is more to this than just and it's good news also because I couldn't do it in my own strength anyway. But what does God need from Moses? He just needs his acknowledgement of Moses' need. He just acknowledges that he has a need and God meets it. In his weakness, in our weakness, he's made strong. So we acknowledge that we're not perfect. We're we're we're, we do have weaknesses and we do have struggles, but at the same time, he's made perfect in it. And his strength, has come, his, his strength comes through in that. Second uh, Corinthians 12, 7 says, and we talked about this last week briefly because this is where I wanted to go last week, but it just didn't work out. Second Corinthians 12, 7 says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Grace is power. This, this idea, this attack that, that comes on, uh, quote-unquote, grace churches, as though we've got some new, new idea. I think we should have a pretty good grip on grace. This is in our name. <laughs> but grace, grace, just like I said in the beginning, grace doesn't wink at sin. Grace destroys it. Grace is the power that destroys sin in our lives. And it says it right there. My grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in weakness. His grace is power. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Stop trying to get holy. You need to let the Holy One inside you out. The problem with... The problem with the church... Sorry. The problem with the church, in my humble, unprofessional opinion, is... The big C church as a whole is, is spending a lot of time spinning their wheels trying to get something they already have. And so you get in this, this, this perpetual re- religious machine that says, I'm not good enough, okay, yes I am. No, I'm not good enough, okay, yes I am. Where's it end? Um, until we see, until we fully understand this, I mean, this is really important, that when you received him, you received everything. We, we, we talk about anointings. You, you are blessed in all ways. Listen, be anointed. You have giftings. Yes, your giftings are, are specific to you. Use them. That's great. Don't boast in those. Don't spin your wheels trying to, okay, Lord, I, I, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. 
say, Lord, just reveal the gift that you've given me. Holy Spirit, show me the gift that, that I've received in you every day with this situation. With this situation. We talk about praying without ceasing. Pray all the time. It's not complicated. Listen, we've complicated a simple message. Pray without ceasing. Holy Spirit, what are you saying about this situation that I'm dealing with my kid in? I'm frustrated, and I really, really, really am about to lose it. <laughs> I know none of you can relate with that, but I'm about to lose it. Holy Spirit, what, show me what I need to do here. What's paramount here? What's most important in this situation? And to be honest, are, are we doing that? that? That's what we need to be doing. Because in my own strength, I'm probably, I'm probably not going to say the best things, and I'm probably not going to be that uplifting, especially in certain situations with friends, with coworkers, with family. <laughs> Whew. Uh, that's, that's rough sometimes. Family can, can be difficult. With your spouse, listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit about what he's saying. He'll, he'll make your marriage stronger, I promise you. If you ask and what he tells you, I, I promise you, he will help your relationship. If we, if we do not fully lean on this Holy Spirit that gives us everything, you're searching for, you're searching for something outside of the source of it. Remember, I, I, I told you at the beginning of all this, we, as a company, the company I work for, receives equipment and we distribute it. It sells itself. When we go out, this, when we go out of this place, I'm not asking you to try to convince people that we have the best worship service, we have the best church, or we have the best gospel. You have, listen here, you have the only way to heaven. <laughs> You have the Holy Spirit that gets everything, everyone what they really need and what they want. It sells itself. <laughs> All we do is just show people and reveal it to people. That's it. We love people. Right? We bless people. And they see that and they go, okay, something's different. The same reason I got saved. There's something different about that guy. There's, there's something else. I don't know what it is. It's driving me nuts. Because it goes against everything that I, that I think that I understand, and it surely goes against my lifestyle, but there's something different about that person. What is it? It's, it, was, it is still currently the Holy Spirit that draws all men to himself. He's attractive enough. We don't need to doctor him up. So when we go, in, we go into this new year, and it's going to be a great new year, <laughs> whether I believe it is or not, it's going to be. When... when, when I've already, there's so many things happening you guys don't even know about. <laughs> and I don't want to tell you yet, but there, there are even more things. We've got, enough, we've got enough ministries within this church that we're going to plug into that could radically change our, our, our uh, I don't know how far it could reach our community, all the way, you know, whether it's Mobile or, or wherever. That we, we've, got, we've got some pretty awesome things within this church that we're going to do within this church that's going to be structurally, that's going to be really good. But then outside the doors, we're, we are plugging in with some really cool ministries and people are beginning to see how this is, like, all, I feel like all these gears have been turning since, since we started this thing, and they're, they're starting to connect now. And there's going to be some awesome things coming, in, and we're going to start it with communion. I haven't decided what day. We're going to start it with communion either the end of December or the beginning of January. We're going to have a communion service in here, and it's going to be a bit of a, a, a commissioning for you guys again, <laughs> and me as well. But anyway... The, the reason I say that is because we have to have confidence in, in who we are in Christ when we go outside these doors. We can't do it on our own ability because we'll fall and then you'll be discouraged and then you'll come to me and then I'll be like, Lord, kill me now because I don't know. <laughs> but, 
But what I want you to do is I want you guys to be as, as, as confident as I know that you are in the Holy Spirit when we do these things. Specifically, today, I'm talking about women. <laughs> Sounds weird when I say it. But specifically, I, I, I want you guys to know, the, the young ladies and the women in this church, the gift that God has for you, whether it's leadership, whether it's, it's just serving, whether I say it's just like that's a, a minute thing. My goodness, we couldn't have church if it wasn't for the people in general that serve in here joyfully. But what I'm saying is the Lord's got a gift for you. Ask him what it is. Be as blunt as you want to be because it's just like talking to you or me. Say, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me? What's this gift that, that Justin's talking about? What is this gift you have for me? Show me where I can use it. And then just do it. Duh. <laughs> it's, not, it's not complicated. And, I, and I'm telling you because this is what I've done. This, this whole, especially this last week as I've prayed, I, I've, and, I, and I told y'all last week or a couple weeks ago, I always said the Holy Spirit instead of Holy Spirit because I didn't, for some reason in the back of my head, I didn't want to sound like I was kooky or anything like, because it was just a different terminology. I know that sounds weird. I'm just being honest with you. Um, I'm always honest with you, but I'm still being honest. I'm continuing to be honest with you. Is, is, but something changed in my prayer life when I began to, to, to address Holy Spirit as a person. The same way God's name is not God. Do you know that? God is a thing. God's name is Yahweh. That revolutionized everything the way I prayed there too. But unfortunately, some churches can kind of pervert that too, unfortunately. But in saying Holy Spirit, addressing Holy Spirit, same way I had had the revelation when I started calling God Daddy instead of Father sometimes, is because Father was easy because it's foreign to me. I didn't have a father growing up. But Dad or Daddy, that's more intimate and personal. That, That means more. And so listen, in your prayer life, if you need to say Dad or Daddy or Father or Holy Spirit or whatever, make it intimate because it is. It is, it is a very intimate thing that we have with this Holy Spirit. He's not far away in heaven going, no, no, yeah, you're good. Nope, not now. He's with you always, and he's there to, to help you. He's a helper. He's a comforter. He has power. Don't, don't neglect it and don't negate it because you have it. Stand up with me. I'll pray for you guys. Father, I want to pray for, uh, specifically for the women in this room, Father, I, I just pray for a renewing of, of their minds, Father, that, that any doubt or, uh, or frustration that, that any person may have put on them, or, or, or even family members, listen, uh, you, you want to talk about generational curses, your generation was changed 2016 years ago. Your, your, your uh, old life was crucified when you traded it for his. So your bloodline has changed. <laughs> the, the, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now lives in you. His blood runs through your body. So that when you, when you go out and you love people, it's not in your own strength. And the, and the fears, listen to this, and the fears and the doubts and the anxiety that you have, thinking that, that you are a product of, of some people, has all changed now. Holy Spirit, show us who we are in you. So that when we interact with people, that it's not us speaking, that it's you speaking through us. Father, your, your, your grace puts us in a, pecu- a peculiar position because we have no more excuses. Yeah, I've been married five times and, and the guy I live with isn't even my husband. And, and, and you don't understand, you know, uh, we, I'm a Samaritan and we worship on this mountain and, and you worship on that mountain. And, and, and you don't get it. I, my family's done some bad things. I've done some real bad things. And, and he goes... Hey, I'm right here now. I'm right here with you now. Let's talk. Let's work this out. I have a gift for you.
Let me show you. This is who you are. And just like she did, she left her bucket because she didn't need it anymore. She found something better. She found something greater. And she went and she told everyone. Do you think that that is not a miracle that men listen to her? And she changed the whole community. She went out and evangelized a whole community. A Samaritan woman did. That speaks volumes. Father, show us your love. Continue to renew our minds in you. Holy Spirit, speak to us every moment of every day that we don't, we, don't, we don't serve a foreign God, a God that doesn't know us, but a God that came and put skin on so that, so that we could know for sure without a shadow of a doubt that perfection and holiness could dwell in, in an unclean body. And Father, your holiness dwells in us every day and your Holy Spirit moves in us every day and you make us righteous because of what you did. Father, we thank you for your grace and for your love. Go before us this week and just prepare a way that we could just lift people up and build people up and encourage them and speak life into them. Father, help us to, to not see it as something complicated, but as something as simple as it actually is, Father, and it's just love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.